0: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening, and thanks very much for joining us. A memorial is growing tonight at a Burnaby Park where RCMP Constable Shaylin Yang was stabbed to death Tuesday.
1: Constable Yang's body was moved back to Burnaby today in preparation for her funeral. And as Sarah McDonald reports, thousands of officers lined the streets to pay their respects.
2: It would be her final journey to the city she served. Burnaby RCMP Constable Shailen Yang killed in the line of duty, escorted from Vancouver to Burnaby in a stirring and somber procession Thursday morning as thousands of first responders and civilians lined the streets to pay their respects. Oh, Vancouver Police also taking part. One officer identifying themselves as among the first to attend to Constable Yang when she was fatally stabbed on Tuesday, leaving a note of the scene. I hope you heard us coming. I drove as fast and as hard as I could. You were not alone.
3: Constable Shailene Yang was an absolute hero in serving her community. She went out there to provide service and was murdered.
2: Constable Yang, just 31 years old, was killed while responding to a routine call at a homeless campsite in an otherwise quiet Burnaby Park. The accused, Jong-won Ham, was shot in what investigators are calling an altercation. The suspect, 37 years old and no stranger to police or the criminal justice system, remains in hospital in custody, charged with first-degree murder. Very shocking. Yeah, We've seen that tent here for a while and just played in this park beside it. By Thursday, that tent was gone, but its imprint remains as multiple agencies conduct multiple investigations. The focus now turns to a young Mountie, a wife, sister and daughter, and her loss and legacy.
3: She was serving the community and she paid the ultimate sacrifice. I just pray for the family and all her friends and colleagues.
2: Among the colleagues who came to lay flowers at a growing memorial, Danny Awad, a former RCMP member who knows the risks of the job all too well.
3: I personally
4: feel where a lot of the public is not really grateful for the risks that they take and some of them end up paying the ultimate price.
2: And at the site of Constable Yang's final call, a single rose now lays in memory of a fallen officer who never came home.
4: I think everyone was really impacted uh, from what happened. I, I know every officer that I've spoken to is really hurting and mourning.
2: Sarah McDonald, Global News.
1: Well police say Constable Yang's death is emblematic of the growing risks first responders face every day especially confronted with the twin epidemics of mental health challenges and homelessness. As the Madagahi reports emergency services may now have to reassess their approach to those who live on our streets and in our parks.
5: As the investigation into the death of Constable Shailen Yang continues The eventual findings may have a lasting impact on how police officers approach similar situations.
6: Uh, What came to my mind right away was this preventable And, and my feeling is this absolutely was. Well the conversations are taking place in policing right now. They're conversing on how they're going to respond to these incidents to ensure that officers' safety is again paramount.
5: In Vancouver, Police are not rushing yet to change the way they have been responding to encampments dating back decades. We will continue, as we always have, to respond to uh, emergencies, 911 calls, uh, and public safety issues. Uh, We'll continue to investigate crime. We'll continue to root out predators, seek out weapons, uh, and try to mitigate a, a lot of the disorder that exists around these encampments. Uh, nothing will change for us. We've had stabbings. We've had person running through there with gasoline lighting tents on fire. Meanwhile, the fire rescue service has reminded its members to remain vigilant on future calls.
4: We're seeing mental health challenges as, as being concerning. Where we, uh, not too long ago, we did have our crew um, almost attacked in, with a machete inside of a building. Um, these are violent attacks and very
5: serious the president of the union representing park rangers in vancouver says for some time now its members have stopped opening unresponsive tents without police help
6: there's going to be a review a management review of what occurred here from within the police agency within the rcp they're very good at determining what actually occurred and what they could do different from a standard operating procedure or a training of their officers that is all going to be looked
5: at changes perhaps resulting from the outcome of not only the homicide investigation underway, but also a potential coroner's inquest. Imada Gahi, Global News.
0: Caught on video for a second time, a man on a window-smashing spree at a bank in downtown Vancouver. As Kristen Robinson shows us, the man who's charged is also accused of doing the exact same thing last month.
7: Is that the bank's
8: fault? One hit after another. A suspect on a tear takes aim at the TD Bank on West Hastings.
7: All of a sudden, guy comes out, two bricks in each hand, and just wings him at the window, smashes him, sounds like a gunshot going off.
8: Scott Taylor initially thought the bank was being broken into Wednesday evening. Right. This doesn't
7: solve anything.
8: When he realized it was straight vandalism, He started filming and engaged the suspect.
7: Why are you surprised when you go around doing this? I mean, who's going to give you a job now? We proceeded to smash every window along the side there.
8: The suspect, 47-year-old Curtis George McCallum, who was convicted of manslaughter in the 2006 killing of his aunt in Edmonton, was arrested and charged with mischief. He is no stranger to this scene. McCallum was arrested September 12th on the same charge after a window-smashing spree at the same bank caused an estimated $70,000 in damage.
7: It's just the public disorder. It's like, why? Could you stop doing this? What's the
8: motive?
5: Well, we have conducted an investigation. We've been able to speak to the suspect. We've learned uh, some things about the suspect's uh, state of mind. We don't believe that there's a specific vendetta uh, against this particular business
7: and that the motive was something else. This needs to stop. Uh, Vancouver is dying and something needs to be done about it.
8: Tired of the mayhem and a system he says is failing victims and alleged repeat offenders, Taylor flagged down police and handed over his video as evidence.
7: Clearly needs help. The money that is being spent right now is not helping anyone. Oh
5: We think this guy needs to be held in custody, and we've made that recommendation to the court.
8: McCallum, who was released from custody after his first mischief charge, was remanded for a bail hearing Friday. Kristen Robinson, Global News.
1: A warning about this next story. Some of the video might be disturbing. Another ambulance weight horror story. This one caught on camera. A 70-year-old Surrey woman lying outside in agonizing pain for nearly four hours. Katherine Urquhart reports.
9: We need somebody here right now. This
1: is our
10: fifth call. Betty Jean Gilley makes yet another call to 911. As her sister Allison lies on the ground in excruciating pain, seven-year-old Allison Dorchester slipped and fell Wednesday, suffering a spiral leg fracture. Paramedics didn't attend the Crescent Beach residence for about four hours. Uh, I think it
8: kind of isn't good if we have to wait this long for an ambulance and have no. Way of finding where we are in the lineup or anything—it's um, it's pretty
10: poor. BC Emergency Health Services told Global News paramedics were responding to other very urgent medical emergencies in the area. BCEHS was alerted that the patient's condition had changed and the call priority was upgraded. Paramedics arrived within 16 minutes.
3: We need help right now. We need immediate measures to bolster the ambulance service so that we can get through and get the long-term solutions that we're doing at the bargaining table.
10: Alison's sister says it was a huge relief when help arrived, and she's grateful. I would like to say that
2: they were very apologetic and polite, but it was way too long, way too long. She was just screaming in agony. That's pretty tough to watch.
10: Allison was transported to Peace Arch Hospital where she's now waiting for surgery. Catherine Urquhart global news.
0: Variety Week continues with an opportunity to meet some of the children Variety has helped and see exactly where your donor dollars go.
1: And with your help Variety can now help more than 400 kids, but we want to get that number to 550 by the end of the news hour. So join that list of names on your screen and when you donate, Legcore will double your dollars up to $100,000 during tonight's news hour. Call 310 Kids or go online to variety.bc.ca.
0: Right now though, Angela Appadurai likes to, or reacts to being turfed from the NDP leadership race.
8: We rose too fast and we took power off guard. And now power is doing what it was designed to do.
0: Her thoughts on the party that rejected her and how the NDP defends what it did, next on the News Hour.
11: The general desire is kind of a sense of adventure and a sense of connection
0: hop on hop off the random tandem journey that's taking anyone along for the ride all the way to south america later on the news hour
1: also tonight a young girl's life-changing accident and how variety is helping her get back on her feet that's later
0: right now though david eby will be the next premier of bc after party executives made the decision to disqualify his only other opponent Angelia Pateray.
1: And as Richard Zussman reports, his first few days in the top job will likely be filled with controversy.
12: It's been a BC NDP leadership campaign marred with controversy. Now it's over. I don't think this is uh, how any of us uh, expected this to end. On Friday morning, David Eby will officially become BC NDP leader and the premier-designate, the last person standing after the BC NDP executive disqualified Anjali Pudurai over concerns around her memberships.
4: My priority is uh, reaching out to those members who signed up uh, for Anjali uh, to recognize uh, the work that she did and engaging them on a really important issue and that climate change uh, is an important uh, issue for everyone in our
12: province. In a nearly four hour meeting Wednesday night, the executive debated an internal report detailing cheating allegations. The party denying a put a chance to speak directly to the executive.
4: We have um, rules that all of provincial executive um, abide by. Uh, they were adopted. Um,
12: several months ago and um, the executive was committed to following those rules. There's no appeal process. E.B. meeting with his caucus from afar, receiving a standing ovation and getting the blessing from Premier John Horgan.
6: It is with some enthusiasm and some sorrow that I stand before you today uh, to offer my full support to the last remaining candidate in the BCNDP leadership race, uh, my colleague and friend David Eby. This has been a difficult road for everyone.
12: Outside the legislature, a different story. Epidemiah supporters rallying, saying it's unfair she was disqualified from the race. And the 32-year-old vowing to continue the fight.
8: We rose too fast and we took power off guard. And now power is doing what it was designed to do.
12: Some within the party and outside of it calling the NDP's leadership process undemocratic and saying this will hurt Eby. For the next couple of years, um, he would have a premiership that would be tainted with what's uh, gone on.
13: The way she has been treated
14: by this party is absolutely appalling to me.
12: The expectation now is Eby will be sworn in as premier at some point in the next few weeks, making the entrance to power as the province's 37th premier, one of the, if not the, most controversial. Richard Lusman, Global News, Victoria.
1: Legislative Bureau Chief Keith Baldry joins us with more on Angelia Paterai's disqualification from the leadership race. Mm -hmm. And Keith, what kind of impact this might have on David Eby's start as premier?
14: Certainly an awkward start, unprecedented situation. haven't seen something like this before in B.C. politics. He's going to be facing questions about this uh, for at least the first couple of days. But over time, and I think over a fairly quick period of time, other issues that traditionally dominate political discourse in this province will rise to the fore. So we're talking random street crime, uh, health care problems, housing affordability, cost of living and such. Those are the dominant issues in politics that play out on the legislature floor every day. You're not going to see the B.C. Liberals talking about this with uh, any great regularity. Other issues, resonate with voters more than internal leadership squabbles within political parties and the fact you and I are talking about it this late into the news hour also indicates it's declining news
15: value
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're giving away our secrets of the lineup of the show <laughs> Keith all right well tomorrow David Eby will officially be named leader when does he actually become <laughs> premier of this province
14: yeah, we should know that date tomorrow, I'm told. Uh, the date I'm hearing is the second week of November, November 7th. Now, City Hall swearing-ins occur on November 7th, so it's probably sometime that week, probably a couple days after that. And then I'm told it's going to be about a month-long transition period, which suggests if he's going to make some cabinet changes, that will likely come in the week subsequent to that. Not sure if he is going to make any uh, cabinet uh, changes. That remains to be seen. Tomorrow, he will outline uh, what he wants to do over the first 100 days in office. He's going to be talking about health. Care, education, climate change, old-growth logging, and such, and we're going to get those details at a morning news conference tomorrow at
1: 10:30. Okay, looking forward to that. Thanks, Keith. All right.
0: All right, back to Premier Horgan for a moment because he spoke with reporters this afternoon, possibly for the last time, to address the controversy surrounding a powderized failed bid to run as a candidate in the BC NDP leadership race. And he became quite irritated when a reporter asked why the names of people on the party's executive
6: aren't easy to find. Why? Because they're being inundated by people who say, this is, this is by Green Party members saying, we wanna take over your party, leave them alone. They're doing their job, volunteers, and they're gonna be abused by a bunch of people who cheated and wanna get away with it? Sorry, uh, Andrew, uh, you can write that up any way you want. Uh, I believe that these individuals, young men and women, diverse men and women from across BC, elected at our last convention to these positions should not then be ridiculed and abused by people who only joined the party because they got an email from someone that doesn't even belong to the NDP. I, I just, I can't be more frustrated by that type of thuggery.
1: All right, well, the drama continues in BC politics. It sure does. Still ahead, a reckoning and rock and roll.
3: You're a fan? Yeah, I was.
1: The controversy surrounding Arcade Fire and why this former fan wants his money back.
0: And Headley frontman Jacob Hoggard is sentenced to jail for sex crimes. Why he's not behind bars just yet?
10: Evening and good news. Cleared the broken down dump truck westbound on the Portman Bridge, and traffic has quickly recovered towards Coquitlam. Take on the season like a pro with a new 2022 Sierra 1500 during the Drive into Fall event. On now, visit your local GMC dealer today. I'm Trish Jewison in the Global Traffic Center.
16: This portion of the program is brought to you by Leadcore.
0: Jacob Hogarth, the former lead singer of the rock band Headley, has been sentenced to five years in prison.
1: The Canadian singer was found guilty in June of sexual assault causing bodily harm. Global's Catherine McDonald has more and a warning. Some of the details are disturbing.
17: Convicted rapist Jacob Hogard walked into the courthouse with his wife by his side before a judge sentenced the 38-year-old to five years in prison, saying it must be sufficient to reflect the inherent harmfulness of a manipulative and particularly degrading rape.
9: We take sexual violence very seriously as prosecutors and uh, these are difficult defenses, but to that end we want to commend both complainants for coming forward to the authorities in 2018. In June, a jury found
17: Hogard, the former lead singer of the rock band Headley, guilty of one count of sexual assault causing bodily harm. He was acquitted of a second incident. It was November 2017 when a 23-year-old woman from Ottawa, whom Hogard met online, agreed to come to Toronto for sex. But once inside a room at the Thompson Hotel, Hogard raped, spat on, choked and pulled the woman off the bed over a two hour period of time. The woman's identity protected by a publication ban.
9: Mr. Hogard's conviction and sentence sends a message to the community that sexual violence will not be tolerated
17: by our community, by anyone. While the judge said that Hogard is no longer a rock star and definitely has access to fewer women, she does not believe he is not a risk, especially given he has not recognized his offending behavior. This rock star explanation minimizes the gravity of his wrongdoing and implicitly allows him to avoid confronting traits and beliefs that he needs to address in order to reduce the risk he poses to women, said the judge. Before being handcuffed and led out of court, Hogard walked over to his wife, whom he shares a young child with, kissing and hugging her as she cried, telling her, I
1: love you. An Ontario Appeal Court judge has now granted Jacob Hogard bail pending his appeal.
0: And Ticketmaster customers are lightening up social media with complaints that they can't get refunds for tickets they bought to see the group Arcade Fire. Aaron MacArthur tells us why so many people
3: have decided they don't want any part of those concerts. You're a fan? Yeah, I was. Dale Jarvis dropped 250 bucks on tickets to see Arcade Fire next month at Rogers Arena. Now he wants no part of that show. Well, exactly. I have two young daughters and, you know, I just with these allegations
0: hanging over Arcade Fire.
3: Sexual misconduct allegations have been swirling around the lead singer, Wynne Butler, for months now. The show isn't cancelled, though. Butler has denied all the allegations. Arcade Fire plans to play Vancouver November 25th with a new opening act. Beck is out. So is Feist. And while the show is a shell of what was promised, it is still scheduled. Ticketmaster won't refund any money. You talked to Ticketmaster? Yes. And
0: they refuse to give us our money back.
3: Twitter users across North America have collectively lit their hair on fire. Ticket holders mad about the allegations. The weak opening act or both. Business ethicists say refunding tickets might be too high a bar to meet right now. But the cost of not acting could have a larger impact down the road.
18: These costs haven't historically been part of businesses' calculus. They haven't been baked into the models. But we may be at a time uh, when those kinds of plans need to be in place because expectations are different from customers than they've been around values in the past.
3: Meanwhile, the terms and conditions for tickets are clear. According to the website, ticket sales are final, except in limited circumstances which doesn't seem good enough for ticket holders.
8: Going to the concert and listening to music isn't as enjoyable as it would have been beforehand. So if I knew I could sell the tickets, I would. But I would like to have my money back if possible.
3: With so many people trying to unload their tickets, there's almost no resale market right now for this show. And if it does go ahead, it will be interesting to note how many butts are in the seats. Aaron MacArthur, Global News.
1: Coming up, wolves in the crosshairs.
3: It's essentially a
4: declaration of war on wildlife.
1: Controversy over the cull and allegations military-grade weapons are being used.
0: And the amazing story of a young girl injured in a freak accident and how Variety stepped in to help her walk again.
10: some leftover volume eastbound along Highway 1 through Burnaby with congestion at merge points like Willingdon and Kensington. Take on the season like a pro with the new 2022 Sierra 1500 during the Drive into Fall event on now. Visit your local GMC dealer today. I'm Trish Jewison in the Global Traffic Center.
1: The province's program to control the wolf population has been controversial from the beginning, and the animal call is now facing even more controversy.
0: It involves the type of weapon critics say is being deployed by the B.C. government to kill the animals. Paul Johnson reports. A few months ago,
16: we told you about BC's controversial wolf kill program, where helicopters are used to gun down entire families of wolves to try and help the recovery of struggling caribou herds. Conservationists say it's cruel and inhumane. And this week, they were shocked with news about the class of weapons they believe the province is now using for that program and others.
4: The public would know this as an AR platform, uh, semi-automatic
3: assault rifle.
16: Check out this recent photo tweeted out by the BC Conservation Officer Service and take a close look at the weapon held by the man on the left. Former Conservation Officer Bryce Cassavant, who also served in the Canadian Forces, says a rifle like that is overkill for wildlife management.
4: It's promoting the paramilitarization of conservation services and of wildlife services. Why? Casavant's organization,
16: Pacific Wild, say they learned about the use of this class of rifles through a freedom of information request. He says if there's a need for high-capacity assault rifles in the wolf kill program then that throws into question whether wolves can be killed humanely by this method.
4: This concept that we need 30 rounds and the ability to fire them very quickly is the exact antithesis of an ethical shooting activity.
16: The Conservation Officer Service told Global News their officers are not involved in the wolf kill program. As for their new rifles, they say they've used patrol rifles for more than two years now and that the weapon is widely used by similar agencies across North America. Cassavant says by calling it a patrol rifle, they're disguising its status as a military-grade weapon. That's deployment was not discussed with the public ahead of time.
4: How do you feel about officers with military-grade um WEAPONS SHOWING UP IN YOUR COMMUNITY um, TO ADDRESS WILDLIFE uh, CONCERNS or, OR COMPLAINTS. PAUL JOHNSON, GLOBAL NEWS.
1: WELL, IF IT SEEMS LIKE ONLY YESTERDAY THAT LIZ Truss BECAME BRITISH PRIME MINISTER, THAT'S BECAUSE IT WAS ONLY 45 DAYS AGO, AND TODAY SHE ANNOUNCED HER RESIGNATION, MAKING HER THE SHORTEST SERVING PRIME MINISTER IN UK HISTORY. AND WE SET
8: OUT A VISION FOR A LOW-TAX, HIGH-GROWTH ECONOMY that would take advantage of the freedoms of Brexit. I recognise, though, given the situation, I cannot deliver the mandate on which I was elected by the Conservative Party. I have therefore spoken to His Majesty the King to notify him that I am resigning as leader of the Conservative Party.
1: Truss has faced numerous challenges in her very short stint as leader. Many have questioned her policies, which have triggered economic turmoil and obliterated her authority. Truss has been prime minister for just over six weeks and will wrap up her time as leader next week.
0: A new text alert program warning people about the toxic drug supply is being expanded to Fraser Health. The toxic drug and health alert system uses text messages to flag subscribers about illicit drugs in their region. It can also be used as a platform for people to anonymously submit information such as the date and location of a drug overdose. Interior Health started using the system in June, the first in BC to do so.
1: Well, this Variety Week, we've been hearing many stories about children with special needs and how they need your help.
0: Tonight, the story of Hallie, who suffered a nearly fatal accident that led to severe injuries And how Variety got her back on her feet.
15: But no one could tell me if she was going to keep her leg. No one could tell me if she was going to live through the night. No one had any answers for me.
0: In the blink of an eye, Hallie and her family had their lives turned upside down. In 2021, Hallie suffered an accident on the Sunshine Coast that could very easily have taken her life. A massive boulder that she was climbing on shifted and the young girl was pinned beneath a 2,000 pound rock.
18: It only got my hips and down or my,
15: or my chest would have been crushed and I would have been dead. She had a broken tibia, a shattered femur, and her pelvis broken in four places. And um, the femoral artery in her left leg was also severed, so they had to replace that one with a vein from her right leg.
0: For months, Hallie was hospitalized, undergoing a number of surgeries and beginning the painful process of rehabilitation.
18: I just wanted to go home. Uh, I, had, I had bad dreams every night. I wanted to come home to my bunny to see my, all my friends again, just to have a somewhat normal life. Yet when I come home, it's never normal, it's never how it used to be.
0: To help Hallie on the road to recovery, Variety funded a custom orthotic which would not only support her damaged leg, but would assist Hallie with holding her ankle in place and keeping her heel on the ground when she walks. The orthotic was crucial to help Hallie walk again, but it was also very expensive.
15: I'm so grateful, so grateful. The orthodynamics told me they couldn't make the boot without the payment, and I didn't have the payment. And so um, our social worker reached out and made sure Variety got that sorted, and thank God.
0: (laughs) No parent can ever imagine the incredible trauma of almost losing a child. Having your world turned upside down in a split second, being forced to rely on the generosity of a province, and looking at your child's dreams and goals much, much differently.
15: I'm the only kid who physically can't play, and I want to run. On the day of that accident, the future kind of stopped. I didn't know how to think any further ahead until we knew. What was going to happen and um, how well she would recover. And I want to see her run. I want to see her back keeping up with everybody. I think she's close.
0: <laughs> and we are so glad to see that Hallie is doing better and hope that she'll continue with her recovery, knowing that she has the support of an entire province right behind her. And you can do your part right now by calling 310Kids or go to variety.bc.ca and remember. For the remainder of the news hour tonight, Leadcore is doubling your donations up to $100,000. So it really does pay to call right now.
1: Coming up, an Aussie cyclist on an epic ride.
11: You've got to kind of um, get a good gut feeling that the people you're meeting are are genuine.
1: The Random Tandem looking for a pedaling partner. Next stop. South America.
11: And Cultural Recruitment
0: Drive, why First Nations are encouraged to get into firefighting.
16: Join Variety, the children's charity, and Global BC as we celebrate Variety Week, October 17th to 21st. Tune in to Global News as we share stories that highlight the hope your help can bring. Variety Week on Global BC.
1: We're finally into that confusing time of year (laughs) when I don't know
19: what to wear anymore.
1: I don't know which coat to choose. (laughs) Do you layer? Like, what do you do?
19: I wore a jacket today. Like a little bit of a combination, like a little bit of a transition. But like a big coater. No, it was just a shirt. Like, it's just like, but tomorrow it'll be different too, though, that's why I'm here. (laughs) We're going to break it down because we're actually going to have rain in the forecast. It will be much needed. Grab the umbrella when you're heading out the front door, and I'll show you why. And we're actually looking at the potential for some snow if you're traveling along the mountain passes. First off, though, the air quality has improved. This is the latest air quality health index. Areas towards the west now have been at more of a lower risk, but we're still seeing it at very high. Eastern areas extending into the Fraser Valley. And with that rainfall, we're hoping to see an improvement. But the air quality advisory still remains in effect for much of the province that extends in towards the southeastern corner. So those are the respiratory issues. We'll still want to limit the amount of time spent outdoors. And then we'll be tracking that change on the way. Also a heads up, special weather statement. These areas, all areas, especially near the summit, these will be for higher elevations. If you're traveling along the mountain passes, we're looking at the potential for some snow. It picks up as early as the afternoon and then it continues in towards our Saturday. If you're traveling along the mountain passes, be prepared for winter, especially for those higher elevations. Coca-Cola Connector, as well as the Allison Pass, could see anywhere between 2 and up to 4 centimeters. And along the Rogers Pass, we see the potential for some flurries in the mix. Most areas across Metro Vancouver and lower elevations will be looking at rain. It starts to pick up as early as the morning hours, so grab the umbrella, rain jacket as well, and then we'll continue to see it towards the evening hours. On the future cast, there it is, green. It's been a while, but it'll be much needed. It'll be a swath of moisture that'll continue. Bit of a break on Saturday and then the return for some wet weather late in the day on Sunday. The northern half of the province still tracking that frontal system pushing through with on and off showers. Much of the southern interior, it'll be showers through the day, cooler with that front that's passing across the region. The island with the rain beginning in the morning hours across the lower mainland, it'll be heavy at times, continuing in towards the evening. We will see a little bit of a break on Saturday. Next round of rain moving in late day on Sunday, so be prepared. We've got periods of rain in the forecast for Friday and 10 and up to 15 millimeters for a few spots. Tonight's weather window a great shot that was captured of the fog this morning from stanley park from Brittany. guys nicely nicely done thank you yvonne
0: thanks yvonne well as this year's fire season drags on there are still more than 200 active fires burning in bc right now highlighting the importance of a course underway in north vancouver encouraging youth to become firefighters
1: it is open to anyone but as kylie stanton reports it's hoped first nations youth in particular
9: will answer the call
11: This turns on.
9: They start with the basics and work their way up. Participants here are learning the ins and outs of fighting fires.
7: You want to come down your body.
9: But the real goal is to light a spark.
18: So far, we've learned a lot about the equipment.
15: This is going to be a relay race. Yeah, 60 seconds each, essentially. Let's go!
18: How to put it on and take it off. We just did some communication drills with the walkie-talkies. Stretch them out. Coffee. you.
9: The First Nations Emergency Services Society's Fire Prevention Youth Boot Camp has everyone fired up. Three-day course, possibly the start of some long and meaningful careers.
16: We feel that the First Nations youth can be the the future, the stewards of the land moving forward and um, able to protect their homes and communities.
9: With the number of volunteer firefighters on the decline and those who came before them getting older, the knowledge is ready to be passed on.
16: They know the land, they know the culture.
9: And the demand only continues to grow.
5: Not only to structure firefighting, but BC wildfire and uh, all the different aspects of those.
9: For hundreds, if not thousands of years, First Nations have been making the land safer for everyone through cultural burning practices.
5: And the purpose of this is actually to reduce some fuel loading. If
9: done properly, it helps to thin out the forests, get rid of the fuels while releasing nutrients. Bring the hose line around. The hope is by opening the door here, it will ignite something in First Nations
13: youth.
9: Ultimately, bringing them back to their land.
18: We're the next generation of um, stewards of the land, so it's important to um, remember that um, as we move forward.
9: Water! Stanton, News. Last photo.
0: Yeah, very good. It's in good hands, no doubt about it. And uh, so is the sportscast. As always, here's Squire with a look ahead.
18: All right, we'll update you on the Canucks in Minnesota and Lions kick returner Terry Williams had a huge game for BC last week against Winnipeg, one he felt was overdue.
13: But the, the hole's been there, and it's just, it just—it it was the day for it, as I say.
18: 341 yards all by himself, and kick, punt, and missed field goal returns. Wow. Also a unique social experiment. A
0: little 30,000-kilometer bike ride with strangers coming up later.
1: Squires here, still waiting Mm -hmm. for the Canucks' first win of the season.
18: It might come tonight. I mean, it's possible. There are only three teams in the NHL who have no wins this year, but after tonight, I guarantee you there will be only two because Vancouver is playing Minnesota and those two teams both have zero wins. This game will end the Canucks opening uh, road trip. Their first home game is Saturday against Buffalo. Thatcher Damko loves the smelling salts. Man, why not try a Red Bull instead? Uh, Weird bounce here. Right to Matt Zuccarello, he ain't gonna miss. Well that's bad luck. And it's a one nothing for Minnesota. But the Canucks get that one back. And it's actually a nice play here from Tanner Pearson across to Bo Horvat. Right by the outstretched stick of the ageless Marc-Andre Fleury. And it's 1-1. Then the Canucks get a goal from the fourth line. First NHL goal for Nils Oman. Comes in. Makes the move on Fleury. Pretty impressive. So that made it
15: 2-1.
18: Kiro Kaprizov best player on the Minnesota roster to Sam Steele 2-2 but in the second period Vancouver will get another 4th line goal that is like a gift from the heavens to have 2 goals from your 4th line, this is Dakota Joshua you can't blow a lead when your 4th line gives you 2 you don't you don't pass that kind of a gift up, so with one period to go Vancouver does have a lead, we know what's happened before, 3-2 two, after 2 Hey, this is the canucks reverse retro jersey which they'll wear seven different times this season first time will be uh, november 1st against new jersey it's kind of based on the 1962 canucks uniform featuring the johnny canuck logo which of course is also the logo of their farm team in abbotsford but unlike abbotsford this jersey is blue and not predominantly green there you go uh football coaches love to talk about being great in all three phases of the game offense defense special teams when the lions got off to that great start this year They had only two of those three phases working. Special teams was a problem. But a trade with Ottawa for return man Terry Williams has helped in a big way. And last week, Williams had one of the most special, special team games we've seen in a while.
0: Terry Williams settling down at his 20 to take it. Going to his right.
13: Gets up across the 40. Good
0: return by Williams who keeps it going.
13: Terry Williams literally ran wild for the Lions last weekend versus the Blue Bombers. He had 341 total return yards from punts, kickoffs, and missed field goals. That's exactly why the Lions acquired him from Ottawa six weeks ago, to be a game-breaker on special teams. It's taken a few weeks for everything to come together, but this breakout game has everyone excited about what's to come.
7: We've been blocking better for him. Um, But we are guys that also there's a function it's a strange thing that happens on their return team when they believe something big can happen every time and they really put in that great effort of blocking and, um, and and we saw that in action
13: Williams had five returns of 30 plus yards in the Winnipeg game before they acquired him the Lions had one 30 plus yard return in 10 games. The only thing Williams didn't do against the Bombers was score a touchdown, even though he came close. It make you get out the bed, you know, a little bit more hungry, like knowing that you left a lot out there like that, you know, and your teammates, you know, let you know about it. So, it, it makes you get up and go get ready for practice the same way, like because go, you got it, you know, got more to prove. Williams is the smallest player on the Lions roster, generously listed at five foot nine, but his quickness and determination certainly make up for any lack of size. Fittingly, Williams played at a very small college in the U.S. as a walk-on, but a few years later, here he is living his dream playing pro football. I just love the game so much, I was like, I, I want to play, so, and I, I left as a two-time All-American, so I always want to tell people, if you got a dream, like, dream big. That's like my slogan, like, big dream, like, dream big. Don't, never stop dreaming. You're always bet on yourself.
18: Good things come in small packages. I was told that Well, thank you very much. (laughs) I wasn't looking for the cheap compliment, but I will accept it. The uh, Canadian men's soccer team has scheduled the second exhibition game to get them ready for the World Cup next month. We're going to play Bahrain. We'll be training there as well on November 11th. Canada's final warm-up game will be November 17th. That'll be against Japan. Now, Bahrain is ranked 85th in the world, so it's not a big test for the Canadian players, but any exhibition games are going to help Canada get ready for the first World Cup game November 23rd against a very difficult team, Belgium. No doubt. Thanks a lot, Squire.
1: Up next, how a bicycle built for two is bringing strangers together from Alaska to South America.
16: This is BC with Jay Durant, who's brought to you in part by VanCam Freightways. BC owned and operated for 75 years.
0: Jordan Armstrong and the crew keeping an eye on the evening desk and he's got a preview of what's coming up at 11. Jordan?
3: Yes, I do, Chris, and it is another emotional night in Burnaby as another procession in honor of fallen RCMP officer Shailen Yang begins in just minutes from now. It will depart from Burnaby General Hospital and head for Surrey at 7 o'clock. Plus, a closer look tonight at the agenda and the public perception of David Eby as B.C.'s 37th premier prepares to take office. John Horgan retires with a high approval rating. Eby, though, faces a tough road ahead. We'll be speaking with political science professor Stuart Prest. These stories and a lot more tonight on Global News at 11. Chris. All right, thanks very much, Jordan.
1: An Australian man is on the adventure of a lifetime, making the journey from Alaska all the way down to the tip of South America.
0: And his mode of transportation is a tandem bicycle because, let's be honest, a journey is always better when you can share it with someone or, in this case, with anyone. Jay Durant shows us more on This Is B.C.
4: Cameron Williams decided to go on a little bike ride this year, from the top of Alaska to the tip of South America, and he's inviting complete strangers to join him along the way. We made this
5: work,
11: yeah. A lot of people have said, "Oh, that's that's a neat pipe dream." You know, I'd I'd like to be an astronaut too, but you know, good luck to you.
4: The Australian quit his job as an aviation instructor to take on this journey he calls the Random Tandem.
19: All right, get out of town now.
4: People he's never met before have contacted him via email and social media to hop on for as long as they want. A few minutes, a day, or even a week. The general
11: desire is kind of a a sense of adventure and a sense of connection.
4: A unique social experiment with each rider having faith in each other. I don't really have a great answer
11: as to how I'm keeping safe in terms of the people I meet. I'm really trusting 100% on
4: gut feeling. Williams came prepared with a lot of gear after a little training back home.
11: I use it to ride to the local pub at home and back in the evenings.
4: He's been dealing with the elements and exhaustion, tough road conditions. There is so much. And some terrible setbacks.
11: This is now all the food that I have left.
4: In the middle of nowhere, a backpack with a week's worth of food went missing. I suspect a bear found it and had a very nice meal. But he's met some very nice people. <laughs> Hello. And bonded with some amazing riding partners. Meeting a guy named Chris for the first time, who took the train up from Seattle to Vancouver. You've never ridden down there. <laughs> the start of their eight-day trip down to Idaho.
6: It's less about the cycling and more about uh, connecting with someone. From
4: start to finish, Cameron will have covered thirty thousand kilometers in a year and a half, leaving him with so many great that stories is. and a lot of lasting Best friendships. Thank you? Thank you something that
11: I can look back on uh, later in life and feel really proud of the fact that I had this crazy dream in my early 20s and then five years later I managed to follow up on
4: on doing it. Jay Durant, Global News.
1: Good for him. If you know someone who has a great story to tell or something unique to BC, don't forget to email Jay. This is bc at globalnews.ca.
0: Very cool. All right, we can't let you go without our daily Variety Week Kid Count.
1: And thanks to your generosity and the matching donation tonight from Leadcore, we have exceeded our news hour goal. Variety can now help 524 kids. If you have not had the opportunity to donate yet, there's still time. We want to reach 800 kids by the end of Variety Week, which is tomorrow night. So go online, variety.bc.ca, or call now 310Kids.
0: Way to go, Sylvia Pranger from Agassiz. I saw your name on screen. And everybody else who's been donating, we really, really appreciate it. Last word on weather before we go, here's Yvonne.
19: Pack the umbrella. We've got rain on the way for tomorrow. Picks up as early as the morning. It'll continue through the day. Heavy at times, so a heads up. Bit of a break on Saturday and then picks up once again late in the evening on Sunday. It'll be much needed and an improvement in the air quality as well.
0: All right. Got to remember. Yeah. Got to remember where I put the umbrella, the rain jacket and all of that. Have a great night, everybody.
1: Good night, all.